May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning, and may the words from my mouth be just what we need to hear today. Two fishing boats stand empty, side by side by the lake. The fishermen had given up for the day. They were discouraged. They're cleaning out their nets. They're tired. They're not happy because they don't fish for fun. This is what they do for a living. And the empty nets don't pay the bills. If you've ever been in sales, then you know the feeling. Prospect after prospect. And everybody says no. And at the end of the day, you've made nothing. If you've had your own business, you know the feeling. There are many pluses to having your own business, but there are also times when business isn't so well and it feels like the wolf is standing at the door and it gets a little scary. Farmers know what it's like. You realize with a sinking feeling that this year's crop is not going to be very good. And it's not because you haven't done your part, you've worked hard. That's the frustrating part. You've, worked, you've done everything you needed to do, but the rain came just a little bit too late. One week sooner, and you would have had a much better, stronger crop. If you're a student, you know a little bit about discouragement. You work hard getting ready for a test. But somehow, you goofed, and you studied the wrong assignment, and you really thought you were going to be able to get an A on this one, but now you'll have to, hopefully, you're hoping that you will just pass the test. We've all been discouraged. It happens from time to time, doesn't it? A man went to see his rabbi. He was a wise and a good old rabbi, as all rabbis try to be. And the man said to him, Rabbi, I am a failure. More than half the time, I fail to do what I try. And the rabbi said, oh? He said, is that all you have to say is, oh? Rabbi thought about it for a couple of minutes. And he said, let me give you this wisdom. Go home and look on page 930 of the New York Times Almanac for the year 1970, and it might help you get some peace of mind. He said, okay. And so he did. And here's what he found on that page. It was a listing of the lifetime batting averages of all the greatest baseball players. Ty Cobb, the greatest slugger of them all, had a lifetime batting average of only 367. That means that only one out of every three times he went to bat did he get a hit. Babe Ruth's batting average was even lower. And so he went back to the rabbi and he said, so this is your answer. Ty Cobb had a 367 batting average. That's it. He said, right. Ty Cobb, the great one. Got a hit once out of every three times he batted. He didn't even bat 500. So what do you expect? The man had thought that he was a failure because only half the time he didn't succeed 
at what he tried to do. We all get discouraged at times. We can sympathize with these fishermen who are standing beside their boats with nothing to show for all their work all night. All they can do now is clean out their nets and hope for a better day next shift. Then Jesus steps into the scene. What powerful words. Jesus steps into the scene. That's the story. Some of you may remember the story of Major League Baseball player Dave Dervecki, who lost his pitching arm to cancer. He could have been, he could have been finished. He could have been done dealing with such a terrible loss. But Jesus stepped into the scene. And Dervecki put it this way, quote, I didn't get through this, this loss of my arm, because I am a great coper. I got through it because I have a God in heaven who is a great giver. An old lady in a land which was hostile to the Christian faith was thrown into prison because of her religion. She was frightened and she was all by herself. But into the scene stepped Jesus. And instead of being bitter, instead of being afraid, she learned to thank God that she was there. She said, now I can be alone with my Lord. According to a legend, there were some boys who, was, who were visiting the famous artist, Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo had a bit of a temper, and one of the boys accidentally knocked over a stack of his canvases. Well, he got very upset, and he got angry, and he threw his brush, and he said some very nasty, mean things to this young man. And he ran, the young man ran, ran crying out of the studio, and da Vinci was, after all the boys had left and he was alone again, he tried to go back to work. He was trying to paint the face of Jesus, but he couldn't do it. His creativity had stopped. It's hard to hold anger and Jesus in your heart at the same time. Wouldn't it be great if every time someone thought of domestic violence or violence of any kind, Every time it raised its ugly head in their mind, we could say, Jesus stepped into the scene. John Wesley, great preacher, was stopped one night by a thief who robbed him of all of his money. Wesley said to the man, take my money, but if the day should come that you desire to leave this evil life and live for God, remember, that the blood of Jesus cleanses and forgives, and that God loves you. Some years later, Wesley was stopped by a man after church service, and the man said, do you remember me? I'm the guy who robbed you one night, and you told me about the blood of Jesus, and that it cleanses us from all sin, and that God loves me. I have taken those words to heart. I have trusted Jesus, and he has changed my life. This was just one of the many people down through the years who were headed down the wrong road until Jesus stepped into the scene. Here is the answer to our discouragement. 
let Jesus step into the scene. Clarence Darrow, who was a great criminal lawyer, had a young minister friend. And this seemed strange because Darrow was usually thought of as a, well, not such a nice guy. He was an atheist. He was, he didn't really want much to do with uh, religion or anything to do with God. And he was talking to his minister friend one day, and he began to reminisce. He talked about his career and some of the famous trials where he had been the lawyer for the defense. And he said, this has been an exciting life. I've made a fortune, and I guess I might be thought of as somewhat of a success. Then he asked his minister friend, would you like to know my favorite Bible verse? His friend was surprised. And he said, yes, I would. And he said, you will find it in Luke chapter 5 and verse 5, which is in our lesson today. We have toiled all night and have taken nothing. And then he added, in spite of my success, that verse seems to sum up the way I feel about life. Mr. Darrow, for all of his accomplishments and all of his success, he still had an emptiness, an emptiness that only God can fill. These fishermen in our story from Luke's gospel had worked all night long and had caught nothing. They were tired of mind and body, I'm sure. Then Jesus stepped into the scene. Notice what he told them to do. He told them to launch out into the deep water. He told them to throw their nets out the other side of the boat. What he was really telling them to do was to exercise their faith because it sounded kind of crazy. There are no fish out there now. They hadn't been able to catch any. Faith in him, faith in their own abilities as fishermen, faith in the fact that the sea was abundant with many fish. And it was Peter who spoke up, the one I couldn't remember, who spoke up and said, Lord, we've worked all night and caught nothing. But at your word, we will do it. Jesus restored their faith. And that was exactly what they needed at that moment in their lives. Did you know that many of us need that same word from him? Do you know that the biggest barrier to success for most people is fear? Fear of launching out. Fear of change. We're so afraid of change. We're afraid to take action. What happens if we do? We're not happy with our lives. We complain about our lives. We're dissatisfied with our lives. We don't like our job. We're discouraged. We feel that life is passing us by. And what do we do about it? Nothing. Just complain. Experts tell us that most people have a built-in resistance to change. We're afraid to rock the boat. No wonder we're all such a mess these days with all that's been going on in this world. We're afraid to start that new business we've been dreaming of. We're afraid to follow that dream of going back to school. I was. I was really scared to go back to school. 
We were afraid to build that house that we've always wanted to build. We're afraid to take that trip. Afraid to say, I love you. And Jesus steps in and he says, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Just like I was with the disciples. Go ahead. Launch out into the deep. Let's see what happens. Put down your nets. That's what the disciples did, and you know what happened. I told the kids a little bit ago. They brought in so many fish that they almost broke their nets and they almost sank their boats. It wouldn't have happened if they had not exercised their faith. There's a story from sailing ship days about a ship that was stranded off the coast of South America. It was unable to move because there was no wind. Week after week went by and the sailors were dying of thirst. They'd run out of water, drinking water. When another ship drifted close enough and read their signals for help, and the answer came back, let down your buckets. They did. And they found water that was fit to drink right underneath them. They were far from the coast, but the fresh water current from the mighty Amazon River was all around them and they didn't even know it. All they had to do was let their buckets down, reach for it. Our lesson for today says to us, don't be afraid. Cast your nets. Let down your buckets. Don't be afraid to exercise your faith. This is still a wonderful, abundant world that God created for us. Trust God. Launch out into the deep. Don't be scared. He's with us. He's always with us. Launch out into the deep, whatever that means in your life. And it will mean different things for each of us. For this church, it will mean society is changing. Things are changing. People's habits are changing. When this is all said and done, and it's going to be a while yet, the church will look different. Don't be afraid of that. It's okay. Change is good. Change is all right. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to tear the building down. We've talked about that. It doesn't mean we're going to take the pews out. It doesn't mean we're going to stop doing much of many of the things we do. It means we're going to make adjustments. It means we're going to try to meet people where they are. Whatever it means to you in your life, I hope that you'll consider these words and that you'll not be afraid to launch out into the deep. Let Jesus step into the scene of your life. If we'll do this, I am confident that you and I, this church, this community, other churches around us, will see God's blessing in the days to come. Amen.